0: Don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's
1: newest affiliate, NHLShop.com. That's right, the official NHL merchandise page. Right now, they're giving 20% off orders over 25 bucks with code NHLICE25. Also, if you use our link that we're going to tweet out after this episode, you can help support us and the other hosts at the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every
2: team in the NHL.
1: Welcome to Offside by a Mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche. And the official ABS podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Well everyone, welcome to another episode of the Offside by a Mile podcast. Jared and myself, Tyler, in studio as usual. Uh, Uh, Lots to talk about for hockey news in this episode. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First thing I gotta get to uh, is uh, just... Annoyances in my life and the fact that like my hair needs a haircut real bad like
2: <laughs> you just got to get out the old razor like Me.
1: like okay my hair has definitely been longer this year for sure but it's fucking annoying because there is no light at the end of the tunnel right now <laughs> like i can't be like ah oh, you know i'm just lazy and i'm not going to the barber no 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 there's just it's just gonna get longer but shit's fucked but when the good thing is is like at least i had a haircut somewhat but close to when shit went sideways yeah so it's not like super bad like i'm sure people's worse like yeah. yours is longer than mine
2: Pro- yeah maybe i think uh i'll probably reshaver her pretty soon here yeah
1: and like i don't want to just shave it off and i don't have hair cutting scissors at home like i have kitchen scissors that ain't gonna <laughs> fucking do yeah i just like my ears are getting itchy because like put my fucking computer glasses on when i'm staring at the computer all day so i don't get a goddamn migraine yeah And it's just like the hair on my ears is itchy (laughs) and I don't like it. And this is the, I mean, first world problems, Corona problems. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's a damn struggle right
2: now. At least, you know, if you mess up your own haircut, you won't be the only one out there. I don't know if you've seen some of those videos on the Uh, internet, but they're fucking hilarious. My wife
1: has shown me a lot of like the bangs ones for chicks. Yeah. Fucking other bangs. So those are pretty funny. Yeah. I don't want to be that. I'd rather have long hair than have super fucked up here, but at the same time, I don't like it. <laughs> and it's one of life's little miseries right now. And I, it's bothering me a lot
2: well,
1: yeah. on the second around the quarantine. Well, not annoyance, but thing that's happening in my life. Uh, I am now joining in on the hipster movement of making sourdough bread. Mm. So, uh, my sourdough starters are at home currently being fed. Oh, nice. So, uh, I've joined in on that f- fad. I guess we can call it. I'm pretty yeah. excited about being a little stay at home
0: baker. There you go.
1: Very exciting. <laughs> Just to give me some, give myself some street cred. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need hockey, please. Yeah, these are the things we're worrying about right now: haircuts and sourdough bread. I need hockey, not fucking playoff hockey. For the
1: love of Pete, it should be hockey time. Yeah, we've kind of talked about the UFC before. On the podcast. Not very often. This is a hockey podcast, clearly. Yeah. A friend of mine, we were playing video games last night, and uh, he reminded me at 11.15 p.m. last night that Tony Ferguson and
2: Habib would have <sighs> Habib. just finished. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would have been yesterday. Or he's Saturday. Like,
1: he's like 11.15 on Saturday night. He's like, dude, it was supposed to be the end of that fight just now. <sighs>
2: Fuck! So that was, yeah, that was the fifth time, I believe, that they've scheduled that fight. Uh, six is coming.
1: Six is coming. Yeah. So l-
2: lucky number six.
1: Well, it's just, like, <laughs> I, we, I know we're trying to, like, point to, like, the people, the bad luck people that have caused corona. Like, you know, may, maybe it was Wayne Gretzky trying to avoid... Ovechkin passing his goal record maybe it was (laughs) maybe it was just the fact that the Edmonton Oilers were probably going to win the Pacific Division maybe that maybe that you know maybe it was the fact that like our next guest is going to talk about kind of the Vancouver Canucks were actually probably going to make the playoffs maybe it was that or maybe it was just the fact that Tony Ferguson was supposed to be in the fight of the year against I,
2: my mouth
1: is just not going to work for that word. Nurmagomedov. There we go. There, go. there you go. Maybe maybe that maybe that right there that is the center of the problem. Maybe yeah. that's why. Because Tony Ferguson, for those that don't know, has got to be the unluckiest fighter in the UFC.
2: Yeah, he's he's up there for
1: sure. Dude right? gets hurt tripping on a cord yeah. before a fight that was supposed to be fight of the year. Tony Ferguson is. Arguably one of the most entertaining fighters in the UFC, and the dude can't step in a ring without any drama. Like, and and it's not like Conor McGregor where he makes drama. No, no, no. This guy just
2: like it he just, just happens. falls in his lap, <laughs> and then like, he trips on a cord. Yeah.
1: He is the reason. He is like legitimately the unlucky yeah. reason why. It's
2: because they scheduled that fight, and the world's like, hell no.
1: Actually, no. That can't happen.
2: Like. Like, what? what's going to be the next thing that'll happen, uh, like, once this is all finished and they, they sign that fight again, what the fuck's going to happen now? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Right? Because now be people supposed... get locked up, put in jail or something? I believe Gagey
1: and Ferguson now, the the new fight for Fer- Ferguson, is supposed to happen on Fight Island, quote unquote. They were
2: supposed to, yeah.
1: Which, maybe that's not... Uh, that'll happen and then the island will, like, sink into the ocean or something. Because <laughs> that... I know. That's how islands work, okay? Be a vulcan- They're volcanic eruption. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> Whoever wherever this fight island may be, maybe it's near the volcano on Hawaii or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's just gonna like get covered in soot or something. I don't know. You never know. Dana White doesn't want to tell people where the fuck it is, so
2: I mean we can speculate. Yeah, being a fight fan, it that is such a struggle because you wanna see that fight and like it's gotta happen eventually, but so uh, I wanna see Tony Ferguson and Habib.
1: However, I wanna to see Tony Ferguson and Gagey as well. Yeah. But if Gagey comes in and fucks up Tony Ferguson and Habib, I'm then you're never pissed. gonna
2: see Khabib and Ferguson. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, goddamn it. It's like you gotta just say, sorry, Justin. We gotta we gotta go back to this.
1: Sorry, you gotta throw this fight. Yeah. <laughs> Make it WWE style. <laughs> Triple threat. I just what a cage. uh I just our friend just I, like I was I was already not having a very good night cuz I could not kill people in Call of Duty last night. <laughs> and then he just added on to the fact that we should have been watching fights yeah. and he just my night was ruined. It's just and over. I was very upsetting. <laughs> Never forgety. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. anyway, on to the avs, on to a week that was I mean there was a little bit of news now the Avs didn't do a whole lot. The St. Louis Blues did a fair amount of stuff this week. They signed a couple of players, which is weird. Scandella, I, Scandella oh, yeah. to a like fairly pricey deal from what I expected. Like I, I don't think it's too much. It's just more more lucrative than I expected it to be for something that St. Louis would do because their defense core is pricey. If you include Petrangelo, yeah, right. I just and I still I still bank that he's gonna re sign in St. Louis for sure. But in the Avs news there wasn't a whole lot of much going on. Uh Jared Bednar did have a interview with the boys from Altitude. Um and again, if if you're looking for Avs content, that's where you go. Uh mm-hmm. it seems like Altitude's releasing at least one or two things a day.
2: Yeah, they had uh Sakic on there a couple days ago as well. Yeah, and
1: then they had the thing with like the alum like Tucker and those boys on right yeah
2: they had like stefan yell yeah, and yeah hey duke and
1: yeah so there's yeah, been man. some good yeah, stuff there's lots
2: of content out there for bednar like the scenes. boys
1: the thing the thing that really stood out and I, i'm sure it stood out to a lot of people was the fact that bednar thinks that his team and his players are ready to go which is pretty optimistic in my opinion yeah as we're gonna talk about with our guest coming up in five minutes or so here is the fact that I'd assume the players are probably not working very hard, work, working out very hard. Uh, I, I'm I'm not saying they're getting out of shape like me, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure they're not exactly in game shape at the moment. So two a week or two as Bednar is confident in seems a little optimistic for me. However, the Avs are not going to be the only team in the same boat as like th- everybody going to have the same kind of. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? In shapeness. That's not.
2: Oh, I like it. That's a good Hashtag.
1: Word. Hashtag in, in shapeness. shapeness. <laughs> Fuck, my brain is broken.
2: It's a great one. I like it. That that That's a word I come up with. What the hell are you yeah. doing with that? In shapeness.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for right now. My brain is broken. Oh, God damn. <laughs> On that note. Condition. Uh, oh. Yeah, conditioning. That's the word. You did it. Attaboy.
2: Like what? What could he be whole looking
1: for? in shapeness. I'm, nah, I, we're keeping it. We're in shapeness. keeping that. Yeah. Uh,
2: we'll edit. we we'll edit out conditioning. Fuck that. Yeah. No, that didn't it's even in happen. Shapeness. Yeah. In shapeness. In shapeness. <laughs> uh, yeah. So
1: I mean, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for a time when the when hockey comes back. Just like anybody else, obviously, right? Hmm. But I don't think I can be
2: that optimistic there, Jared. Yeah. I mean, uh, like. <sighs> I feel like it's got to be hard to have the motivation to do it as well right now for a lot of those players, and especially with the players that don't have like the luxury that like Gabe Landeskog has, where he's got like a huge freaking gym gym in his house yeah. that he's that he's quarantined in. Like a lot of people probably just have you know like body weight, you know yeah, stuff but... that they can do, and that's like about it.
1: Go for a run. Well, guess yeah. what?
2: Running is not the same as skating. That 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 too, like we talk about in a little bit here with our guest which we'll announce in a sec, but, yeah, it's, like, wh- how do you practice skating? <laughs> like, you, you just don't.
1: Rollerblades <laughs> don't cut it.
2: That, too. Like, you could say rollerblades, but, like, have you ever rollerbladed a lot, and then you go out with ice skates? Like, I used to do that way back, you know, over the course of the summer, go for some rollerblades and rollerblade, play some roller hockey, and then you go and use normal skates, and you're you're just lost on Bambi yeah, out there. It, it feels weird, so... There's only so much you can do,
1: but yeah, yeah. So I guess the this week's across the quarantine presented by Manscaped as usual. Uh, again, the Manscaped deal is still around the twenty percent off, free shipping, all that good stuff. Manscaped three point Using the code THPN, still still kicking. They're still happy with us. You know, all is good. Maybe, maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need to get a lawnmower for my head. (laughs) Not for my manscaped area, just for my head. I can use it there, but I'm going to use it on my head first. (laughs) I mean, us folks in Canada, I mean, they could just send it to us finally. That'd be cool. And I could just get it for free and then shave my head
2: (laughs) and then all would be good. Then you can, you know, show it off.
1: Well, see, I could shave my head and then I don't think you or Brett would be so... uh, Grossed out, so then maybe you could then shave your head. <laughs> Unlike shaving your genitals, I don't think we're gonna. Here, I just shaved
2: that. my balls with this. You want to try it out? Uh, <laughs> you want to try it out on your balls? <laughs> yes,
1: yes, please, please give that to me. <laughs> anyway, thpm, uh that's the code. Twenty percent off for shipping again. Like I said, on anything, not just the lawnmower 3.0, on anything that Manscape sells. Go they check got a them bunch out. of good products Man. out there. If I had a beard that was, you know, real, not just I'm lazy and don't shave, like Jared, he's got a beard. You know, beard oil and stuff like that would be yeah, legit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, across the quarantine, around the world in 60 days, <laughs> and the world being the central division, we're almost there. Yeah. Uh this week's guest is from the Minnesota Wild Podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, the Soda Pod. Um, Isha, also one of the bosses of the hockey podcast network our main man yeah our main man a man of many guests apparently the busiest guy around you'll uh hear that in a minute but yeah so uh buckle up um it's gonna be a good time check it out well this week's across the quarantine guest comes to you by way of trailer uh (laughs) Been on, been on our podcast once or twice before, uh, the boss, the man, one of the bosses, I guess, one of the founders of the Hockey Podcast Network, and voice of the Soda Pod, the Minnesota Wild podcast
0: for the Hockey Podcast Network, Isha. How's it going, man? It's going good. I mean, I, I'm probably one of the luckiest people to be isolated on a uh, almost four-acre property with some friends who always got some work for me. Uh, there's mountain bike trails in my backyard. I got the beach about five minutes away. Um, you know, right, right in front of where I'm staying right now. And, uh, yeah. And I've been taking care of myself without having to go to a day job right now. Um, but still staying busy managing the network. So thanks. Thanks for having me guys. It was, it was was a blast when I came on last time I remember. (laughs) And uh, I know it's, uh, I know it's gonna be just as fun today. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, our, uh, self-isolating, our,
1: our, Five, well, I don't know. Call it 15 minutes of normal, I guess, with you today. Hey, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It seems like we only get, yeah, one kind of normal feeling day a week now. Yeah.
1: It's, I, it's, I just, it's so weird trying to wake up. Like, I was joking around on Friday. My wife had the day off. I woke up, my alarm going off, thinking it was Saturday and going, what the hell's happening? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Friday. I got to work. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah,
0: it's, it's so, it, it's so weird. And it, it it's, it's both like, it's interesting that we're all kind of sharing that feeling together, you know, almost worldwide, you know, in every country anyways, that that's developed who we can uh, empathize with and connect with via social media and whatnot. So we're kind of all going through the same thing. And it really, you know, it didn't hit me until last week because I've just been in this managerial bubble all year. And, you know, I'm juggling university, um, you know, obviously personal stuff, work and, and the network that I've been just so like in a work mode all, well, pretty much since October to now. And uh, it, it hit me last week, where I now you know, been able to take my foot off the gas a little bit with uh, the the reduced schedule here on the network, and we well, just kind of preparing for season two. But it hit me that like, there's no fucking Stanley Cup playoffs, man. This is like what yeah. this. Is, I, I didn't grow up in a family that said like that, like celebrated Christmas really intensely, or whatever. My dad being Persian and my and my mother just kind of being a hippie American, and uh, and like this is my fucking Christmas, yeah, and it's, yeah. I'm freaking out now, man. I got no because I love the Capitals. I got no Caps to watch. I love the Canucks. They're finally able to make it. Minnesota was one fucking point out. Like yeah. ah, it's killing me. It's killing me.
2: Yeah, exactly. I know. Like, we've
1: been we've been talking about this for weeks, and just like the hypothetical series that were on deck for the first round yeah. two, and you're just Ugh. like,
0: are you kidding me right now? That those are just gone. Yeah. Yeah, and just going through like all the potential matchups like whether it's you know from points whether it's win percentage like et- et cetera. you can go down the list like yeah. there. i mean in that and i think actually uh matthew arp the doctor on uh, the ice analytics podcast or or on his twitter account anyways highlighted that like there was one scenario where the fucking wild would have taken on the flames and then they would have won they would have been able to beat the flames <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, mean, I, don't I
0: don't know i mean i may you... be grasping from straws but i think that's the best series that minnesota probably could have drawn with with how the 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 years were how this year was going for the flames and how minnesota was playing down the stretch so i'm so uncovering the minnesota wild and just getting so into that marketing culture um and just you know the everything that comes with being in and around the state of hockey even from afar on social media and whatnot like i I was pissed man i'm pissed but
1: but unless you saw the uh The simulation. I can't remember who it was that did the simulation where the Flames actually won the cup.
2: Oh right, yeah, it was. I think it was (laughs) CBS, like like a what was it earlier in the week? Yeah, it was this week. Pops up that they do the NHL 20 sim and the Flames win the cup. Mind blown. I don't. I I didn't think that would ever happen.
0: Ever. (laughs) Never mind. <laughs> like, like that, like that ninety four Canuck team. I know they didn't win it against the Rangers, but like they were by no means like uh, a, a spectacular team or anything. But they caught fire in the playoffs, and there you go all the way to the end. Yeah, and Man, that's all you need, right? Yeah, that's
2: all it takes. You know, like I mean, we've seen so many runs like that over the course of years here. Like, I mean, like the last two decades, there's probably been. A good handful of teams well, that have gone all the way that have been what seventh eighth place look at, look
1: at the canadian teams basically in the last 20 years that have gone ottawa Edmonton, yeah, yeah. calgary right like all those teams were C- cinderella ish teams riding a goalie yeah yeah
2: right and it was <laughs> the, just, hamburglar. the yeah, hamburglar yeah for, man it's i mean and yeah like when you kind of start thinking about like minnesota there they could have kind of been a team that's almost like in that boat of they absolutely could have a been possibility, and well, like the
0: only thing they were lacking was was consistent goaltending and taking nothing away from Staloc mm-hmm. and taking nothing away from Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik was dealing with a lot of personal, you know, yeah, shit. Tons. You know, with, with his with his wife being very ill and having to be in and out of the, the lineup due to supporting her. I mean, man, being a goalie, it's a hard job anyways. Mentally, I couldn't imagine having to perform at the highest level. Um with a team, you know, who's actually trying to like get into the playoffs and who's on that bubble, like you said, and, and also have to deal with the weight of familial responsibility. I don't even want to call it responsibilities, just just pressures and, uh, and well, I guess yeah, responsibilities as a husband and, 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 a, and a father. So if Minnesota and, and I know Stalock was playing well, but if they were able to just kick up that goalie gear a little bit, like I, I truly think they they would have they would have had a shot. Not not at the cup necessarily, but at least mm-hmm. a chance to, to a catch some two, fire. For sure. Yeah, and maybe be a Cinderella story because, like, Kevin Fiala was hot. Zach Parise was hot. Um, the defense was, was playing very well, despite Matthew Dumba having an off year. I mean, mm-hmm. Jonas Brodine was an absolute force in his two-way game this year. I think having the best year of his career, Ryan Suter had the best assist output in his career. Um, <laughs> and and what sucks what sucks for me is, like, though Miko Koivu obviously is not the player he he once was at, what, 37, 38 years old, yeah. Um, he, this would have been like his last hurrah and he could have gone out on his own terms where now it's like, does he come back again? Do the wild even, can the wild even bring him back with, let's be honest, a new GM and Billy Garen, who's putting a stamp on this team and moving them forward. I mean, they don't have a lot of roster space and they have the likes of Kirill Kaprizov coming over from the KHL and some, you know, some players like Jerry Mayhew and, and Sam Annis in the, in Iowa, who, you know, deservingly should be able to get a cup of coffee with this team. So it kills me for Koivu. Yeah, yeah that,
1: that that that's the thing, right? Like you look at so many of your just like for the Avs, you know, the Avs had a real solid shot and you just you get to the the regrets of like, oh man, it'd be really nice if you know, you could go on the run that your team was hoping for. The Avs yeah. clearly were one of the favorites in the West, right? Oh, absolutely. But then you start looking at guys like Koivu, like you said, guys that are on the end of their career and this might not this might be it.
0: Yeah, and like even if the NHL resumes somehow and I know Gary Bettman and the the league is, you know, been very public in saying like we're going to give these bubble teams a chance, like those who are one point out, but we're going to do something to to at least get them into this hybrid style playoff tournament Stanley Cup playoffs if if it's even going to happen, which I I have so many thoughts on that. But yeah. but even then like it's it's the older players, it's the older teams who were, you know, had their legs during the season, towards the end of the season, who were jacked up with momentum. It's going to be, it's going to be hard for the Zach Prizes, Eric Stalls, and, and, and Miko Koivu's to come out of this hibernation and dominate like they were. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, man. It's too gotta, big of a word, but you know what I mean? You got to
1: look at the, the, the risk reward. Uh, maybe not, that's not the right term, but like rest versus rust, right? Yeah. Because the old guys definitely could have used some rest. It This is clearly too much though.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. no one wants this. this is like an entire off season which is just so weird right and like yeah. at this point it definitely I, I can't imagine that any player feels like they're game ready right now so it, no. it's just so it's so awkward and yeah like some of the older guys too you know like you said kind of rest versus rest like yeah you want the rest but then how much rest is too much rest and yeah. then you know they're they're at home taking care of four kids and you know Oh yeah, I'm sure
1: all these whatever. guys are just hitting the weights every day. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and what
0: ice are they
2: skating on? Like yeah, a, a yeah.
0: quarter-size shooting area in their in their basement of their mansions? Like let's yeah. be real. Like yeah, if exactly. yeah,
2: anything like, you know, slap on well, some that's roller the thing, skates like, or something, I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, and that's the thing like if it was to resume, then Tampa really has probably the best chance to win cuz Brayden Point who only has to munch a power bar before even getting <laughs> get, getting on the ice, he's going to be the one to rip it up while you know some of these older players even those in like i don't know mid to late 20s like it's well professional athletes if... but let's be serious here you need a training camp even to shake the rust off um, yeah. in the beginning of the season and i i can't imagine there's going to be mini camps before this season resumes because there just simply isn't enough time yeah.
1: hopefully moose gets his game back together like he did coming out of the first <laughs> training camp this year where he was just right. absolutely outrageous yeah didn't even have a yeah training camp. didn't have a training camp was just unreal yeah, for the kinda... first like month of the year That's like oh true.
0: Well, for the wild, I mean, Kevin Fiala missed most of his training camp, and he sucked yep. at the beginning of the year, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can go both
1: ways. It's not a good thing for you. No. So, it uh, seems like a common theme for us, for the guests that we've seen, like a few of our guests over the last month and a half. Uh, the NHL loved the uh, Craig Berube experiment, so this year, naturally, all, all the teams had to fire all the coaches. So, how's <laughs> life been without Brucey?
0: Oh, for from- for me personally, because like, like I said, I've, I've been a, I've been a Washington fan for a while, and especially with the time that Bruce Boudreaux was coach of the team. So I just like, I fell in love with the character that was Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce, he's the, the best. Fact, oh man, he's, and he's an amazing <laughs> coach. He's an amazing coach. He knows the game, he's played, but he's such an open book, especially to to the likes of uh, Michael Russo from The Athletic, where he talks about how like, yeah, I, I could have been a really good hockey player, but. I like my snacks. I liked <laughs> I liked you know I, I, I didn't necessarily take <laughs> yeah, I didn't necessarily take care of my body off the ice and like I enjoyed every minute of it from like from having fun and being like I, I have the opportunity of a lifetime, I'm gonna I'm gonna live it up, rather than like I'm gonna win every single game and and and, and be the, the best player that I can be in the in the league. I mean he kind of is admitted that, but as a coach, he has that mindset and every team whether in the, the, the minor leagues or at lesser levels and at the National Hockey League level that Bruce Boudreaux has, has coached in, in a good chunk of time. He's brought them to the playoffs and they've had, they, they've had regular season success. Has he got over that hump? No, but maybe with that's the Minnesota why. Wild too. Well, yeah, but for the Minnesota Wild, it's kind of like his, his time ran out and, uh, and he, wasn't, he wasn't Bruce's guy or, or sorry, uh, Billy, Billy G's guy. And he gave him a lot of rope this season. Actually, through the worst times, he gave him the most rope. It was actually when they they started to get their their their, their skates u- skates under them that well the decision was already be made had been made to fire him. And it's kind of funny Billy Garen came out and said that, that he actually was was supposed to fire him two games earlier than he actually did. But they won those two games, and it wasn't until like a loss after the a devastating loss, anyways, that he was like, okay, I can I can pull the plug. But their their interim coach has done a, has done a very good job clearly as they caught fire towards uh, the end of the season do i think they move forward with him I-, I don't know especially with like you said so many coaches were fired this year there's so many great coaches available um billy garen's definitely going to take the time to-, to choose his guy the good news though is that bill peters is off the market
1: oh right <laughs> he yeah fucking
0: yekin tarenberg oh man how long uh, do you think he lasts there jesus christ
1: well and then he's got uh who the hell's the captain of that team oh. datsuk no it's um uh, black dude. I can't. Oh, he played in. Oh, oh. Um. He played oh, for Peter Nigel Dawes. Yeah. The KHL oh, legends. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's just like,
0: you guys realize why he got fired, right? <laughs> well, you know what it was. I know you guys probably listened to Chicklets, and, and I think this was on that podcast. Was uh, um, Pavel Datsuk, That's his. That's his hometown yeah. team, and he was. He, he vouched for him and said, like, this guy's, a, this guy's a good NHL coach. You should probably hire him if we're going to go one more year and try to chase a championship. But, Which I, I did.
1: I saw that, and it's just like, well, I mean, Datsuk did play for Peters, and he knows yeah. him, but he knew him as an assistant coach, so we'll see, I guess.
0: Well, and he barely understands English, so he didn't understand half of probably racial <laughs> all. So that. probably he- true.
1: He probably understands the, like, smack upside the head part, though. <laughs> oh yeah
0: i don't think i don't think you you could do that to Datsik because his russian mafia yeah snipers in in the arena would probably just take you out
1: putin would probably come after him <laughs> yeah but yeah anyway that i saw that he got
0: a job and it's just like yeah he would get a job in russia mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well was... yekenterenberg i mean it's a it's a decent club from what i know like from a vancouver canucks perspective anyways like the that big giant they had uh nikita Triampkin. he went back and played in his hometown of yekenterenberg too and um apparently it's a, it's a decent club for for, for what it is uh, i think it's a little like it's a smaller city in russia anyways but the the fans there are, are pretty pretty rampant anyways nice
1: that's always a good spot man that's, a, that's the one thing we don't have in north america is just like yes fan bases are diehard but fan bases in europe and russia and stuff that is what diehard fandom looks like
0: oh man especially like in liga from what i've heard like in the, the finnish liga apparently like because because obviously the cities are smaller yet they support a professional club because it's they don't have to that's make all as much got. money that's all they've got exactly so it's kind of like uh like i don't know like a chl like club vibe but on fucking steroids and i know it's it's weird in calgary where you guys are because the Hitmen play in the saddle dome so it's they never really sell, sell it out i mean i actually used to have season tickets to the Hitmen, so so i know I but when i would go bad. Man, when I would go with the supporters groups up to Red Deer, for example, holy fuck was that buzzing. It was insane. I have have
1: done that trip before, and it is so fun being that away fan. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. (laughs) And the Hitmen were a decent team. I forget. They they had uh, Victor Rask was on the team. I think it was Jake Furtanen's first year, or maybe it was the year prior to him joining. But Red Deer, they had had Matthew Dumba and Ryan Nugent Hopkins the year I had season tickets. So that was insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good year. Anyway, uh, back to the Wild, I guess. Uh, so
1: we've kind of talked about the regrets, I guess, if you want to call them that, of losing the chance at the Cup or at least the playoffs period for the Wild. Obviously, our regrets and our feelings are very similar here in Avs country. Uh, but
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Are you happy with what happened during the actual NHL schedule for the Wild?
0: Uh, I am overall, and I was so salty at the beginning of the season because they came out of the gate just looking absolutely terrible. After you got really and... excited about preseason hockey. I know, I remember this. Uh, <laughs> I don't get into that. <laughs> Chirped a little too much on Twitter. I'm dialing down. <laughs> um, no, that awful, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the whole first half, but at least the first quarter of the season, they gained some traction and then kind of, you know, then lost a little bit, but I really do think overall, and I don't want to blame it all on this, but, but overall, you can look at their, at their schedule. And I'm not one to make schedule excuses like shit. I used to follow the Vancouver Canucks and cover them. And I, and I very rarely bring up scheduling, which the Canucks even franchise has been vocal uh, in complaining about to the league. So I don't think it's the, the be all end all. However, the Minnesota wild played a stupidly heavy um, away schedule in the first half of the season. I, I want to say they like only played like two home games in a row and then they would play like 10, 10 on the road sort of thing. Like they didn't play in the first half of the season more than three fucking home games in a row. Then the second half, it was like 10 home games in a row and two <laughs> games on the road. So obviously they played better at home. The Minnesota wild are notorious for that. And even when they would play their two games coming back from a road trip, they, they, predominantly won them in the first half of the season so they played very well at home and and the road schedule start I think they started off on like a 12 game road trip or something like that uh don't don't take don't quote me on that but it was something similar to that so just not being able to to get your feet wet shake the rust off at home I think uh for a big chunk of it anyways really hampered this team they uh they didn't really obviously Take Bruce Boudreau's message as well as they've done in the past. I mean, Jason Zucker, prior to being traded, was was vocal about that. But once they started to play at home a little bit more, even prior to Boudreau being uh, fired, you could tell that the team is from from the people I talk to, anyways, who who cover the team closely for the Athletic, or from you know the Wild this year having really ramped up their 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 social media and sharing like in locker. Uh, room meetings and stuff like that you could just tell like the vibe changed like Matt Dumba was smiling again Matt Dumba coming off pectoral surgery did not have the season that he wanted Eric Stahl looked very good coming out of the gates. Zach Parise who had a who had a slower start was actually I believe led the team in goals and as everyone knows Zach Parise he doesn't score the most beautiful goals he's a hard-nosed player scores his goals from the dirty areas or takes the puck from corner battles to the front of the net and it, it seemed like the, the whole team and fan base started to get excited. They were happy. And even with the firing of Boudreaux, which was kind of a kind of a hit to the fan base, because like I said, he's such a a popular coach. Like, he's just as popular as some of the players in the wild market. That that was a little bit of a hit, but then with the trading of Jason Zucker and getting the return that the wild got, people started to get more confidence in, in Billy Garen's vision. And with this Kirill Kaprizov kid, you know, s- s- coming over as soon as if the season resumes again, there's a lot of hope for this wild team now. And with the emergence of Kevin Fiala, uh, the emergence of Joel Erickson X game, not necessarily as a point producer, but as fuck a, a pest. I mean, I've I've read that some players hate playing against him more than they do Ryan Reeves out there because of his <laughs> just like, honestly, he's just baby, baby uh, chubby Sweden face. Doesn't really speak a, a lot of English. He can just get under people's skin because he's always whacking away. Um, you know, when players are going down, you know, back to the bench, he's not overly dirty, but he's a force. So with the emergence of some of these players, I mean, even Ryan Donato, who wasn't <clears throat> Bruce Boudreaux's main guy uh, this season, on limited minutes, was able to score a ton of goals. Um, I think there's a lot of hope for this wild team. So the, the fan base overall, much like myself, walked away with hope. It just sucks that it, w- it ended the way it did because it wasn't like, okay, we have hope and the team's obviously not going to make the playoffs. It's like, shit, we got hope. We got young players coming up. Billy G has a has a vision. And we're almost going to make the playoffs. So that's what was devastating.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, like you could see in the, in the wild, their, their morale and their, their just like emotion together changed over the course of the year too. You could tell just watching early games and then watching, yeah, like some of you know, the last 15 games that they played, it was like, whoa, this is a way different team. Definitely. And like, Absolutely. speaking of Fiala too, I picked him up too in, in my pool. Cause I seen this oh, guy good. just going off and he was really helping me too. But man, that that trade scored now, every
0: night for like for like what fourteen games yeah. or twelve games or something and, like that
2: it was insane. And some absolute beauties too. Oh. You're just like, Whoo. like I can't remember the exact one, but the one that he just walks in and just shelves up, just like,
0: oh, dude, he toad dregs like it's nothing. It's stupid. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
2: Um, so you know, like that trade has definitely got to look pretty good now at this point. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, Michael everyone Grantland at the beginning for of the... Fiala, it's like,
0: oh man, at the beginning of the season, everyone was hating Paul Fenton. Right now not so bad
2: right because yeah there was a lot of chatter and i was like oh maybe they did make a mistake and then yeah you see what he did in the second half of the season and you're like oh okay this guy's this guy's got some juice he's he's looking wait, like a stud out there
1: you mean he's been healthy for a while and he's gonna be better wow wait. yeah hmm. exactly
0: <laughs> well um, and he's been given he's been given more rope right like he's he's a big minute man now he's a top line player where in nashville he was a, a secondary scoring option
2: yeah for sure um, and then, yeah, speaking of like the Jason Zucker trade, that's the only trade that I don't even know if you can really consider it a trade deadline. It was a couple weeks before. But uh, what do you what do you think about that trade? I mean, you get Galchenyuk and he's like, he's been struggling. He's never really kind of hit his stride and, and, you know, like his potential that everybody's kind of put on him. What, what do you kind of think about that trade?
0: I honestly I I love the trade and to be honest the big piece in it was not even Galchenyuk to me he was just icing on the cake yeah yeah well he he was and a pretty damn good dump if you ask me now I don't even think the wild are going to keep him moving forward now they they could if he stays on a well on on a team-friendly contract and it's not like he has a ton of leverage right now to to gain a long-term deal however I think he gets a worse rep than he actually than he actually deserves and I had a I had a writer for NHL.com who covers the, the Phoenix Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, yeah, joined me a, few, a few episodes back. And he and he really painted him in a good light too, saying that like, no, when the Coyotes had no goal scorers, Alex Chenyak, though his defensive game, is, is, he's not a two-way player. He's not a true NHL center. But what he brought to that team was like, this guy ha- puts in the effort. And Michael Russo said that as well when he joined the wild, that this guy, like, he doesn't take, any days off he's one of the most hardest workers on the ice it's just sometimes the hot like the hockey mind is just not at the elite level where his skill could arguably be at if you know they they coincided because there's plays that I watch this guy do and I'm like wow like the skill is there the the shoot first mentality is there but then you see him battle against the boards and it's like okay I just don't think he knows what to do where to put the puck where to send it back to it to an open teammate so just kind of details in that game but overall like the guy has some tools and, and it was good that he, that they got them to, to fill in that vacant Zucker spot wherever it was on the second or third line on the team, but getting the the defensive prospect in a first round pick, I mean, that's what I thought Jason Zucker was worth anyways. And to get that extra piece that, Hey, maybe they can resign. Maybe he would have showed well in the playoffs. Um, who knows? But anyways, just, just having that extra piece I thought was outstanding, especially because it's not really costing them anything.
2: Right. Yeah. Like I thought, like looking at that trade it, you know it looks like they definitely got a decent amount back which is and, and a lot more than i i thought they would um but yeah you know like zucker was a good character player. Zucker was a solid too, player so, always yeah. yeah and he's
0: a he's a good goal scorer i know his, his shooting percentage kind of like jumps to like astronomical amounts and then back down to like less than average every now and then but as a result he, he's pretty even overall in his career and uh and yeah, I think I think it was a great trade, and I don't again like I don't know what's gonna come of Alex Galchenyuk. He had a, a respectable seven uh, points in 14 games with the Wild. I know in Pittsburgh it didn't work, um, but in Arizona, I mean, 41 points uh, last season, and then the year before, 51, uh, tying the team in goals with 19. So he scored 30 throughout his career. He scored 20. So it's not like this kid can't play. He's just not at you know he's just not labeled a third overall pick. You know.
1: Yeah, which generally seems to happen with players, for sure. It's happening in Colorado with Tyson Jost. Yes. Yeah. is what it is. We've had our rants about Tyson Jost here before, too. Um, hypothetical question here. I've been asking right. a couple people just because I can. The Now, this probably isn't happening, but hypothetical, if the cap does drop, if the NHL decides that's the answer and a compliance buyout is an option,
0: is Zach Parise the obvious answer, or is there somebody Ooh. else you would look at? Um, I don't know if he's the obvious answer because maybe when he was really struggling with his back issues a few years ago, prior to getting the, I think it was a second surgery and really shaking off the rust, I would have said yes. However, Zach Parise could probably still be productive for this team in, in, into throughout the end of this contract. Now, I'm not saying like it's going to be seven and be, a half million, obviously. Well, that's the thing. Right. And especially with some of these young players emerging, like you're gonna have to pay them. Um, but right now, like they don't have to pay Kaprizov. right now. They don't have to pay Fiala. He has one more year left on his contract. I honestly think Zuccarello would be the one because it's the, it's the piece that they don't necessarily need right now. And he could have the, the, the most drop off. Now I talked to some like Rangers diehards and they say that like, no, this is just, this was just a bad year. He's already so fast that if he does scale back, he's going to be kind of like on par with the rest of the league aging where Zach Parise really could slow down, but Zach Parise brings other elements. So it's a really good question. Um, I'd say from like a pure logic standpoint, it would, it would have to be either Zach Parise or Ryan Suter. But I think that when push comes to shove, if that happens, the Minnesota wild may use it on uh, the likes of Zuccarello. All right. That's why I wanted to ask it. Cause I like, obviously you're looking at the top,
1: Numbers and it's not Dumba, obviously, and it's not Spurgeon. Like, obviously, not those guys.
0: No. Well, Spurgeon's gonna be great into into yeah. his thirties, man. This guy's a, a fucking water bug out
1: there, right? And Dumba, he's gonna be twenty nine at the end of the, his contract, so it's like that, clearly you're not buying that guy out. But it's Zach Parise getting into his what f- is it forty or forty one when his contract ends? That's the, that's the scary part to me.
0: I think it's forty for both of them. Yeah, so it's for it's, Suter and and, him. Yeah. and Suter hasn't Suter hasn't looked. Like bad at all. If anything, no. like he he's gonna be a staple on that back dude. end throughout the uh, end. Like because he's, still... he's he was never the fastest guy, no. yet he's a setup fucking machine. It's insane. Yep. And he pumps out 25 minutes a night
1: still. Like it's yeah, dude.
0: He's he's, <laughs> he's such an underrated defender in the league. Like when yeah. him and Shea Weber were together on Nashville. From a Vancouver Canucks, again, perspective, like, the, I've never seen the Sedins get shut down like they were against uh, the, that duo. It was insane. Like, if it wasn't for Ryan Kessler pissing them off, <laughs> the Canucks would not have walked away from that series. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Like To, th- to think oh, back man. to a time where Ryan Souter and Shea Weber were a pair. Yeah,
2: that was wild.
0: Dude. Like, are you kidding me?
2: Yeah.
0: Dude, the, in my opinion, Shea Weber is going to go down as one of the best defenders to ever play in the league. Because at, from a few, pure defense standpoint put it this way like if you're a player coming down the wing are you fucking scared of eric carlson or fucking shea <laughs> oh, weber dude like 100%. and that's what it comes down to that's what that's what defense comes down to and a on top of it, it yeah. he put up 50 points but as well
1: that's what i was gonna say right you say ryan suitor is underrated but the reason he's underrated is because he doesn't do the offensive like anything hardly like you said this yeah is... he has
0: 50 to 40 points every year yeah because he's on it's the crazy. ice for the whole game.
1: You're bound to get <laughs> some assists. That's the uh <laughs> that's the
2: responsible. It's like it it kind of reminds me obviously Johnson isn't even close to Suter. No. but same, but kind, same of kind of category. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Just like, like very hard player, to yeah. play against and always doing the right things with the puck, you know. That's all it takes is like a good bounce pass, breakout pass and boom there's your assist cuz you send buddy on a 2 on 1 with your yeah. Yeah. So and, uh, well,
0: and and someone who can break out, not necessarily in like a in a fancy way like Jonas Brodin does or well, mm. fuck Kale McCarr for you guys, but someone who can win the battle and at least get it to the guy who's gonna make, take it through the neutral zone, make Efficiency. the smart play,
1: right? Yeah. But again, right in in the same aspect, you're saying like Ryan Suter may slow down. People have been saying that about Shea Weber, and look what happened, right? Like well, with all his injuries yeah. too, man. That
0: guy's it. dude like dude basically boy i fucking love him yeah (laughs) well
1: oh my god we can go back to that his junior days was unreal yeah uh but right like shea weber basically has an ankle that's eric carlson-esque and he can still play hockey where eric carlson is a question mark
0: <laughs> yeah you want to hear you want to hear something crazy about about ankles so um this joel erickson that kid again i've, I've really liked his game he, is, he only i like him too he, he only put up like around here i got it up up uh, in front of me here i think it was just just shy of 30 points yeah 29 29 points eight goals uh 21 assists in 62 games in what realistically was his first full season as like uh what as, as a role player on this team like he wasn't there was no risk of him getting benched. He he was being used. There was one play, and I don't remember if I talked to you guys about this or someone else on the pod on the, the hockey podcast network, but he blocked three Shea Weber shots. I believe like two clappers and a wrist shot definitely in the same it, yeah. fucking play, man. Like <laughs> insane, right. absolutely insane. So talk about breaking ankles, man. I'm pretty oh. sure he actually fractured his ankle and leg. <laughs> that
2: that's actually like clinically insane. Like who the hell does that? But yeah, I remember that was us. You talked yeah. to us right before, cause I was right before the Minnesota and Colorado game. And then I watched Ericksonek and Greenway. I think was on that line. Yeah. And who was the other one? I can't Luke remember. Cunnan. Luke yes, Cunnan. Yes. Yes. And and you told us to watch those guys, and I did watch those guys. And that line is like, they're ferocious, man. And and they, they all had, bring they had a lot something of something else to
0: the table. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's the line that gives you the heebie jeebies. You're like, oh man, I don't like when they're on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They put on a lot of pressure. So, I well, mean, it's cool about
0: this team because it's deep, right? Where Eric Stahl can play a lot of minutes still, but, but play against like the third line matchup and still be dominant. Because yeah. when I had Dan Hamus on my show, even at this age, uh, he still said, like, as a defender, like, Eric Stahl is still one of the, the more dominant forces in the league and who I'm like, who I fear coming down, you know, the wing or the center ice when I have to defend him. Yeah. It's always nice to have the
1: first hand look or her first-hand perspective from a guy like that well uh you're a busy dude so we've uh we've kept you for your half an hour it was a blast
0: oh guys thank you so much i wish i had more time so i'll have to jump back on soon unfortunately i got back to back to back interviews today uh interviewed brad lieb for episode 55 of the soda pod and then banking uh ryan carter um, you know, former Minnesota Wild player, former Anaheim Duck, Stanley Cup champion with them as a Black Ace, which is a cool story we're gonna get into. Hell yeah! And then obviously played so well with uh, the New Jersey Devils in 2012 when they went on their run. So super excited to talk to him literally in a, in a few minutes here. And uh yeah, so we got some great guests coming up on this awesome third pod. Not not just Bradley Lieb and uh, and Ryan Carter, but but a few more. Guests, uh coming down the road too. Connected with this hockey mom who actually wrote a children's book about hockey, and it's uh, <laughs> she has a lot of cool stories to tell as well. So I can't wait to, to bring that uh, aboard too. But yeah, thanks again, guys. And yeah, anytime, give me a shout. It's it's always fun talking hockey with you guys. Yeah, man, I mean, goes for us. Yeah, yep. man.
1: Uh, again, blasty blast. Anybody who was uh, listening to all that jazz that's coming up on the Soda Pod, go check him out. It's gonna be a great listen. Again, thanks, Ish and uh, we will catch you next time. All right, stay safe, guys. Talk to you soon. See ya. Again, huge thanks to Isha for joining the podcast today. Busy guy, fits us in whenever we need, and uh, it was a good time to chat about the Minnesota Wild. Hell yeah. As much as we don't like the Minnesota Wild here, I mean, they do have a decent host, so we got to give them some love.
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like there could have been a possible. well, you never know, still could be a possibility that you'd see... A Minnesota Avalanche matchup, dude. You never know. Now,
1: yeah. Now that you bring that up, like I would obviously, I would one hundred percent take a Minnesota Wild series over Dallas. That would be sick.
2: Definitely, it would be a no. Ben Bishop. (laughs) Yeah. B. How could you not get on board with a Minnesota Avalanche friggin' matchup? That'd be That'd be super fun. Clearly, they don't like each other very much. As any it's been any for a while.
1: in any in division game like series is going
2: to be fun but that would be really that's fun. probably the biggest one i think for for the avs um but yeah, but yeah.
1: Um, it was a blast as usual with Isha, and uh filling some filling some hard earned content hours and he himself is doing a ton of content hours he's interviewing people left right and center lately yeah but uh yeah so again thanks for listening to this week's offside by a mile podcast and um we will catch you next week
2: with another great guest and uh hopefully some exciting stuff coming up hopefully some hopefully. good
1: news in the n h l front like you know salary cap news and potential plans to get back to playing hockey yeah it's it's coming soon. It, it definitely it seems like Gary Bettman and them or it's it's this week or maybe next week.
2: Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I gathered from what Sackic was kind of saying yeah. when they were when DNVR was talking. I think it was Kyle Keith was talking to him, right? And so, so you know at least there's you know moving parts, man. It's it's coming. It's, all a, we can do is be patient. And, in a
1: time of a lot of negativity, it's nice to see some positive outlooks. Hopefully, and so obviously it's the NHL. It's a business. They're trying to get back to making money. Yeah. But at least, at least they're they're optimistic. Jared Bednar optimistic, you know. Like th- there's some optimism around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, until then, we will continue coming to you every Monday. And thanks for tuning in. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at hockey podnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts
2: from.